because in the natural, even in the spiritual, as we exist with God in our own strength and our own resources, they will fail. They will run out. That's the danger of staying too long in the mountain. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Everybody doing all right this morning? Are you so grateful for the presence of God in this place? Yes, yes, amen. He is worthy. He is awesome. So, um, first of all, I just want to say, you know, with my wife sitting here on the, uh, on the front row, uh, man, baby, it's already, this is our third Sunday already being here with you guys. Like, number three already, it feels like, you know, a couple of days, it feels like we just got here, and some days, uh, it feels like we've been here forever, and I mean that in the best possible way. And uh, so, before I just even get into the word, we just want to say thank you so much, family. Can I, can I call you that? Thank you so much for making us feel so welcomed. Uh, family of God, Anchor family, we just, we love you guys. And uh, so with that said, you ready to get into the word this morning? Yeah. All right, let's, let's jump into this. So kind of uh, piggybacking off of what Pastor Tommy Sr. preached uh, two weeks ago and um, what PQ preached on last week with the kingdom part four, I just want to kind of take a little, um, a little different route this morning. Um, but hopefully kind of connect those things all together in walking with us. How many of you guys are grateful, and sometimes it can almost sound facetious, but how many of you are grateful for the process of God in your life? The process of God. Okay, I'm grateful for it. Sometimes I don't like it, but you know, when I'm going through it, when we're going through it, but on the other side of it, I can look with 2020 vision. How many of you know you don't really always see God's God's vision with 2020 until you're until you're through it? Amen. But when you go through that process, you look on it on the other side and you go, you know, come out, maybe you're a little tattered, you're a little bruised or whatever from that process, but you look back and you go, oh, wow, look at what you did. Look at, look at what you did. Look at, look at where I am. Look at where you brought me from. Or as a church, right? God, look at what you brought us from. God, look at where we've been. Look at what we've gone through and look at what you're establishing in us now. But the key to that is when we do that, we keep going. Amen. We don't stop, we keep going. So what I, I want to kind of bring that about this morning by talking about this. If, if, I, uh, if I say the word summit, we probably all have a couple of different images in our minds. Let's talk about the summit. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, the summits in our lives. So as you can see that back there, some of you may recognize it. That's an in- incredibly recognizable mountain peak. Uh, if I say the summit, some of you may think this, if you go to the next one. Um, it's the same, you know, same one from the previous picture, but that, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, is the top of Mount Everest, tallest peak in the world, the, the top, literally, we're staring at the top of the world, right there, okay, that is it, you know, when you say, I feel like I'm on top of the world, you know, um, literally speaking, you're looking at it right now, okay, the top of the world, so, you know, if I say summit, a lot of us will probably think that. Uh, if you go to the next slide, uh, if I say some of it, uh, summit, some of you may think this. Does anybody who know what this is? All right, there we go. Got some people in the house. All right, so I, I anchor family, uh, you know, I don't want to say hold me to this because I don't, I don't want to lie in the house of God, but I will, 
I will be at the top. Where's Josiah? I will be. We will be at the top of that, right? We will do it. I will, I will be there, okay? I will be there <laughs> at some point. I, um, if you go to the next picture, um, this right here, don't look at the guy standing there because that's a few pounds ago. But um, uh, as a result of, you know, wanting to get out into the outdoors, we talk about the summit, we're talking about mountains. So, you know, we're going to kind of be going with that thought this morning, right? So this is me and there's a few other guys behind me. That was like the, uh, you know, like, like the North Face advertisement picture pose that I'm doing right there, looking off into the sunset, maybe looking at a bald eagle or, you know, something, you know, very classically outdoorsy. But, uh, that is on top of a mountaintop, but not quite as uh, high as Katahdin, certainly not as high as Mount Everest, but that is me on the top of a peak called Eagle Rock Vista. Me and uh, some friends of mine, um, some years ago, we were blessed to be able to get out and take several trips, go backpacking, but since all of us were in ministry and it's a little difficult to get away for long periods of time, we could, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Louisiana, so about as far as we could go and still have a decent trip was to go to Arkansas. So, for those of you who know the top... Um, elevation of Katahdin's Peak. I don't know it right offhand. I do know that um, uh, Everest is 29,000 plus, so let's just basically call it 30,000. This peak right here is about 1,800. <laughs> but up until that point, that's the tallest I'd ever been. No one's going to take it away from me. I worked hard to be in that moment, and nobody's going to take that from me. All right? So these are summits in our lives. So though it's a small summit, my goal in life is to maybe get to another one and, and a little higher. You know, it's funny. Whenever we were telling our kids about moving up here, you know, um, we told them there's going to be a lot of changes, right? There's going to be snow, which was a, you know, a huge, a huge plus for us and in, 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 uh, in, in putting smiles back on their faces after we told them we'd be moving such a far distance. But one of the things is we told them there'd be mountains, there would be high. So for some reason, uh, for those of you who've uh, met any of my boys yet, Aaron, the, uh, the, the middle one, the, the blonde one, uh, when we started seeing mountains, when we started kind of getting up, you know, started, you know, getting further up the map and, you know, the elevation started changing since Louisiana you know, we're, we're basically in the swamp, you know? Um, so everything, I don't know why, maybe he watched it in a video. Maybe he learned about it in school. You know, mom, mom, you can maybe tell me why I was doing this, but all of a sudden everything was like, you know, daddy, are we going to go to Mount Everest? And he started, I'm like, no buddy, we're, no, that's not Mount Everest. That's a, that's a tall one. You know, they're going to, is Mount Everest going to be in Maine? Like, no, no buddy. No, no, uh, no, that one's, that one's, uh, that one's a little far away. Well, where is it? Well, that's, it's in Asia, buddy. Where, yeah, it's way over there, pal across the pond. We got some high, we got some high points, but it's not going to be Everest. But I think we can all agree that when we talk about summit, when we talk about getting to the peak, this is one of the things that we think of, okay? Mount Everest, literally the summit of the world, the peak of the world. And, you know, reaching the tops of these climbs, a picture that I showed you on the top of Eagle Rock Vista, or if we want to speak figuratively, which is what we're going to be taking that to in our lives this morning, whenever we reach the top of something, if for any of you that maybe have climbed Katahdin or climbed another mountain, if you've been to Colorado or any of the other, you know, great mountain ranges here in the United States or, or otherwise, um, when you reach those in the physical, obviously it takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of willpower. It, it takes a lot of strength, right? You got to put a lot of yourself into it, and it involves hard work, determination. But the reward for your blood, 
many times, your sweat and sometimes tears, okay, um, is what? What is the reward for that? You get to stand out on this scenic vista overlooking it all. You know, many times just looking at the majesty of God's creation. My goodness, it's so beautiful up here. We are like, I mean, Louisiana has its beauty, of course, you know, in, in the, you know, in the, the swamplands and the, the cypress trees and this, it's got its own beauty to it, but there's just such a, a, a beauty up here that we've been able to uh, partake in. And when you get on top of a summit, you get to see that too, mountain ranges and, and forests and everything, right? So that is the reward for your hard work and your determination, being on top of the world, at least in that part of it, being feeling like you're on top of the world and looking out, right? So whether we've actually climbed a literal mountain or not, when we have a summit moment in our lives, okay, whether that's with work or in our walk with God or, or, or relationships with our family, when we have a summit moment, I think we can all agree Mountaintop moments or summit moments, they're what? They're exhilarating, okay? If you still have the energy to be, to be exhilarated by the time you get to the summit, but they can be, they're exhilarating. What are they? And they are incredibly satisfying. That look, I kind of, like I said, I kind of had, you know, the little, uh, you, know, out, you know, outdoor gear, you know, advertisement look on my face, but we've made that trip uh, several times. I've actually had the privilege of going on that trip. It's about a 27-mile hike through the Wachita National Forest, and so I have the ability to stand on that peak three different times, and every time I've stood there, it's always been incredibly satisfying. One, because that's usually where we made camp, and I knew I was going to get to sleep, but that came later. The first time I did it, just a breathtaking view going, wow, I'm so up here until I realized it was only 1,800 feet up. But that's okay. Again, remember, you get these exhilarating moments. You get these breathtaking moments. You have this satisfying experience when you summit in your life. Wanting to summit is also natural, right? There's this innate desire in us to want to succeed, I don't think anybody, you know, some of us may have more drive than others, but I don't really think if we're honest, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I want to fail today. I, um, I'm so ready to fail. I'm going to fail like a boss. Uh, you just better watch out for how bad I fail today. It's going to be awesome. I don't really think any of us wake up feeling that way. I think we wake up in the morning and go, you know, man, I want to face today. You know, maybe I've got some, maybe you, you wake up and you go, I've got a test today, or I've got a deadline at work, or I've got this, or I've got that. Or, you know, maybe you wake up on a trail and go, man, today is the day we summit. Today is the day we finish. We wake up, we go, we go at it in our lives with that innate desire to want to accomplish something to want to succeed, and it's the same way in our walk with Christ. You know, interesting thing is we look up to mountains for strength. I think we can all agree, you know. That mountain, you know, that, that, that 29,000 plus peak summit, that is an incredible picture of natural strength. You know, um, if we got every single person in the world with a sledgehammer to go bang on that mountain for two weeks solid, I don't think we'd make a dent in it. That is a picture of strength. Mountains, right? They're a picture of strength. And we see that. So if you want to go to the Word, if you have your, your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 121. And we even see in Scripture, in the natural, in the natural, we look to mountains for strength. Psalm 121, verse 1, the first part of it, it says this. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? 
So the, 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 the writer is, is saying that. Look, I, I, I'm looking to this mountain, okay? And there's a reason they're asking that. You know, they didn't go, I look to this donkey. Does my help come from there? No, it's it, because we recognize, right? Mountains are a picture of strength. I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? In the question that they're asking, in Christ, we're taught that up is where we find help. Let's look at the rest of that verse. Going on, Psalm, again, Psalm 121, verse one and two now. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We know in Christ, you know, we may look up to a mountain, but we know looking up to the maker of heaven and the maker of earth, that's where we find our strength right? The strength to summit, the strength to go. So let's dig into this a little more. So in Christ, we know that there are summits we will have in our lives. What? We said at the very beginning, right? When we come through 2020 vision, but we have to keep moving forward. We have to keep moving forward. And, And let's look at that, all right? If we do, we will continue to have those summits in our walk, right? On top of the world, we can feel invincible. I mean, standing there like, man, I just feel so good right now. Does anybody agree? Man, when you, when you finish something, right, a summit, a mountaintop moment, you just feel so good. Sometimes you're tired and wore out from the process. There's that word again. But you feel good. You, and many times you feel invincible when you're on top of the world. But what must be remembered is this. Many times the higher we get or the more things are going on that are awesome or the more things are going our way or the higher we're going in, in an achievement, the, the closer we're getting to the summit when we get to the top. Many times we, you know, we may think we need less help. Man, it's going good. I don't need as much help, right? When we're getting to the top of the mountain. In reality, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. The higher we go, the more help we need. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says this. Let each man who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. What's being said there in the word? Look, anybody who thinks he stands, who thinks he's something, who's, man, I'm standing. I got this, I got this thing figured out. I've got it going on. Man, I'm standing here on the top of the world. I got it. The Bible's cautioning us right there. The writer of 1 Corinthians, take heed. Look, be careful. That's some dangerous thinking right there. Take heed. If you think you stand, lest you stumble and fall. Why? Let's look at the picture of the, of the mountain. Let's take a lesson from that. If any of you know the, the history of Everest and um, the, you know, any, of the, any of the different summiting stories, uh, some of you may know there was even a movie made about it in 2015. In 1996, there was a, um, there was a storm that hit in May. May is one of the, um, the better times because of weather conditions. A lot of people who go for the summit attempt on Everest try to go during that month because the weather can, it's, it's pretty brutal up there and there's not a lot of times where the weather opens up to be able to do it. And so that's one of those months. And so in 1996 of May, May 96, there were a number of different expeditions that were attempting to summit Everest. And what happened was due to, you know, some miscommunication and some of the, some different things and breakdowns, there were uh, some bottlenecks and different crevices and passages trying to get to the top. And so it slowed down some of the processes. And then uh, you had a number of different groups that were all trying to get to the top at once. And there's a, there's a certain cutoff time. Most of the, most of these groups and two groups in particular had said that at a certain point, we're going to get to the top of the mountain and nobody can be on the mountain. Nobody can be trying to go on the mountain past this point. But because of the number of groups and because of the time constraints and some of the pushbacks, they ignored that 
And what happened was there were a number of people who summited the mountain late and were coming down and the storms came back in and it was one of the deadliest seasons they had had. Eight people wound up perishing. And so what what wound up happening was in this incredibly wonderful and exuberant achievement for all these people turned incredibly deadly whenever they had to come off the mountain in the middle of a huge blizzard, huge snowstorm, and people died. But the interesting part of it is this. If you watch the movie again, or if you know anything about it, the way that it works there on Everest in in physiology and human physiology, you literally, if you think about this for a moment, if you have one of those get to be one of those rare people that stand on top of the world, literally on Everest, you are literally standing at the height where commercial jetliners fly. Think about that. Okay. Now who in here, well, okay. I'm pretty sure most of us in this room have at one point in time flown in a commercial airliner before. If not, your day's coming. All right. I'm speaking in faith, right? Well, what happens whenever we get in a commercial airliner? The cabin is pressurized and they tell you with the nice little stewardesses that stand up there, in the event of losing pressure, oxygen masks will fall. You know why oxygen masks fall? Because we were not designed to function as humans in our full capacity at 29,000 feet above the surface of the earth. And so what happened there was there was another expedition that attempted whenever they saw all of these people. This was actually a, a documentary that was made in the late 90s. Uh, uh, and uh, they were an IMAX crew and they were trying to get up there and film. And they saw all of the different uh, groups trying to grow up. So they were like, we're not even going to try it. And uh, they waited another two weeks, sat at the you know, at base camp and the, the final ascent. And uh, some of them actually wound up coming across some of their friends who had perished. But one of the, um, one of the Sherpas, and that's uh, the natives there who help, you know, uh, climbers who come and, you know, they, they carry their stuff for them and help them. They're familiar with the area. One of the Sherpas there was, his name is Jamling Norgay, and his father was the Sherpa who helped um, Edmund Hillary summit for the first time if you know any of the history. And so it was a very moving um, experience for him because he's like, I'm going to get to go where my father was. I'm going to summit. And I watched this documentary and it, I'm telling you, as it struck me so, it struck such a chord whenever uh, in, in reference to this. He said, obviously you're functioning with a third less oxygen flowing through your brain and your body because you're so high up. The air's thinner. There's not as much oxygen circulation. And so he said, what happens is you think your mind is sharp, but it's not. And it's the same with us. Look, mountaintop experiences are phenomenal, but if we're going to look at it, the same thing, standing on top of the world, sometimes whenever we get there, we think we're invincible. We think, you know, we think nothing can touch us and we need more help than less help at that moment. If we learn, it's amazing. You think your brain is sharp, but it's not. So in this respect, as we climb the mountains in our lives, some of the situation, whatever you want to call it, in the high times, we must keep looking to our help, Right? Psalm 121, I will look up, lift up my eyes to the hills, to the mountains where comes my help. My help's come from the Lord. We have to keep looking to that and we cannot let the thrill of victory cloud our judgment. Tell you a little Bible story here. There's a great king of Israel. His name was David. Those of you, you know, who know, the Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. Like the Bible talks really, really highly of David. 
David is someone as, as worshipers, you know, he, you know, wrote the majority of Psalms, you know, a lot of our modern day hymns and, and praise choruses, a lot of them are based off of the Psalms. Like I love King David, right? I love reading about the accounts of King David. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a mighty man of, of war for the, the kingdom of Israel. But even King David had his moment where he failed and failed greatly as king. There was a day where he saw a woman that was not his wife when he was looking out over his kingdom. And instead of averting his eyes, his heart became filled with lust for her. He had her called into his chambers. He went to bed with her. He, he caused her, he fathered a child through her. And then whenever he found out the, the, the child was his, rather than coming clean about it, he had her husband called home from the war, tried to cover it up. Whenever his husband was like, no way I can go with my wife. I'm supposed to be out at battle. He sends plans with the man. The man's name was Uriah. He sends Uriah back to the front lines, carrying his own death warrant. He hands it to the, the, the captain of the guard. And it says, put Uriah in the hottest part of the battle and have everybody step back. Basically had the man murdered to cover up what he had done. This is a man after God's own heart. This is King David, okay? Basically saying we can all have, okay? None of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. And it all started. And then what happened, of course, was God had to bring judgment upon David. Now he repented. God walked him through it. But it still happened. It was still an incredible fall where God's grace had to really come through for King David. And it all started here. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 says this. I'll throw it up on the screen. Look, in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army. They laid siege to the city of Rabbah last year. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now, a mighty man of war, an incredible king, I mean, right? Why would David stay behind? Because things had to be going well. Do you think that if the kingdom of Israel was suffering all kinds of losses, all kinds of casualties, if they were in the midst of this famine, they were, in the, you, you, no, because it was the time where kings were supposed to go out to war, yet this king one of the most awesome kings you read about in the Bible, decided, I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna kick back and I'm gonna let Joab go do it. Do you think a man who had gotten to that position would stay behind if things wouldn't have been going well? Clouded judgment, made a decision, a small decision maybe in the light of this scripture verse, but what was the end result? Had David not been on his balcony and had been on the front line of the battle, he would have never seen Bathsheba and the rest would have never happened. King David made a judgment call and it cost him dearly. And it's the same with us. Now, does that mean we always have to be afraid that every decision we're going to make? No, what we have to remember is this. The devil is looking for any opportunity to mess with us. Going back to what Pastor Tommy said, okay, growing in God, for those of you who remember it, he's talking about that we had the different processes and we had the different, like God has a plan for us, God has a process, and that's what we tie back to this. Summiting is part of that. And you walk, if we imagine our, our walk with God as a straight line, what does it do? It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. But if we don't keep moving, we will never see those ups and those downs. But as they do that, we have to keep moving. That's where the plan, that's where the process, that's where that all comes into being, right? Is through continuing to walk. And as we do that, we have summits, we have valleys, then we have more summits. And so what happened was when King David should have been advancing on, he was living on the top of a mountain. 
instead of continuing to move on. And it cost him dearly. The higher we are, the more susceptible we are to making those crucial mistakes. This would only happen, as we said, if things were going well. They were. King David thought he could get away with it, and it cost him dearly. Now, another reason we must look to God more than ever on the mountaintop, here's another point, and we cannot remain there, is because on the mountaintop, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You look at that picture right there, you know, you look at those peaks, remember the picture of Katahdin that we threw up, the picture of Everest, these incredibly exhilarating vistas you get to view, what do you not see up there? I mean, you don't see no house. You don't see no bathroom. You don't see no running water. PQ, you know what I'm talking about, man? I Look, when I, look, just, yeah, we're just not even going to go there. Look, facilities, rest, relax, you know, trees, water. I mean, there's none of that up there. The only thing you have on the top of the mountain is what you bring with you. And because we are human and finite, it will not last. It will not last. Learning from Eagle Rock Vista if uh, you throw up the next picture. So this was the very first time um, this picture is taken. I, was, I, I woke up. This is from inside my tent. And uh, this was the first morning on top of Eagle Rock Vista. Now, of course, you know, the picture does not do it justice, obviously, just like cameras don't do justice of all the great scenic views we have around here. But I was so impressed with it that morning, I took a picture. I woke up, and it was about, you know, 30, you know, probably 30 degrees that morning, nice, cool, chill in the air. And then I woke up, and they just had this beautiful sunrise coming off the vista. So, you know, I did what we all do now. Instead of enjoying it, I take a picture. But because I did that, now I get to talk to you about it here, and I can show you, and I have proof. But it was this beautiful sunrise, right? And I'm, you know, I'm here on top of the mountain. We all woke up, and, you know, and, and we used what resources we had. We'd made breakfast, and, and you know what? It, it was tempting. It was relaxing. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous up there. We had tents. We had food. But we recognized one thing we were rapidly running out of was water, because some of us were like, man, can we just stay here a few more hours, you know? Can we just, man, can we just take a few more hours and, and, and just chill out up here? And what happened was we could not. We had miles that we had to put in that day for our next destination. And also, we were quickly running out of water. Had we decided to just live in that mountaintop experience, we rapidly would have exhausted one of the most important resources we had, and we would have wound up being behind that day because our journey was far from over. That was the first night. We still had two more days of this at that point. We didn't ever made it to our destination. You imagine me like, you know what, man? This is beautiful. I'm just going to, hang on a second. Okay, well, I'm on top of the mountain. Sarah, hey, tell the kids I love them. It's really beautiful up here. I'm never coming home. You know? And as, as silly as that sounds, sometimes there's that temptation in our lives to want to do that in the very mountaintop experiences that we have in our walk with Christ. Man, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is, this is just beautiful. Look at what you've accomplished, God. I'm just going to camp out right here and never move again. And we know in Christ that is not the way it goes. Because in the natural, even in the spiritual, as we exist with God in our own, in our own strength and our own resources, they will fail. They will run out. 
That's the danger of staying too long on the mountain. Exactly what we talked about with Everest. What happened was they stayed too long on the top of the mountain. They ignored the fact that there was a cutoff time. Get up on the mountain. Get up on top of the summit. Enjoy your hard-earned view of the top of the world. But we have a time we have to get off. And they ignored it, and they paid dearly for it. That's the danger. In addition to clouded thinking, when you summit, you're only halfway done, right? Because what has to happen? You have to make it back down the mountain, You have to live to come back down the mountain. If you remain too long up on top, you're not going to have what you need to come down. Resources and energy. As much as we may not like coming off of our mountaintop experiences, remember this. Remember this, everyone. Provision for the future is not found on the mountain. It's found in the valley below. I'm reminded of of Peter whenever he and uh, some of the other disciples got to be up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they got to see Jesus in His glory. Along, you know what I'm. How many of you know that 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 account in the Bible? I mean, could you imagine being there? I mean, I you know, and Peter was like, "Man, look, let's never come down. I'm going to build a house for you guys. Like, let's just. This is awesome. Like in the glory and the like, Jesus is like the real thing, man. Like you're like, wow. Like it's really true. Can I just build a house for you guys and we're just gonna hang out here, just just you know, you know, kicking it. Me, Peter, you know, with the rest of Jesus and Moses. This is amazing. But what happened? Jesus had to shut that. He had to shut that down. That thinking, Peter. Why? Because Jesus knew, man, Peter. There's stuff I have to do. Man, I can't chill out on the mountain with you here. I have to go down. I have to spread the word. I have to die. Like, I have stuff I have to do. This is great. I'm glad you got to see this. It, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I'm, I'm really glad you want to build these houses and, and, and be here in this and dwell in the presence, okay? But my presence goes with you, man. Like, we can't live here. We have to keep moving. There's, there's work that we have to do while it's still day. And the interesting thing is, you know, Luke 22, which they don't have it in the back, but I was just in prayer this morning. God, God reminded me of this. God even gave Peter a warning in Luke 22, 31. He says, Peter, this is incidentally right after the, uh, right after the Last Supper, which we just partook of this morning in remembrance of, of Christ, what he did. Right after this, Peter, uh, Jesus tells Peter, Peter, the Lord is, or the devil has requested permission to sift you, man, to sift you as wheat. Like he's coming, like, he, like he, he, he wants you, man. But I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you that, that you will stand, and after you go through a little bit of trial, I want you to go, and I want you to strengthen the other disciples. And, and Peter's, God, just even this morning in prayer, I was just beginning to be moved by it. I don't know about you guys. I'm so grateful I don't have the burden of being all-knowing. Because in, in our natural, in our natural mindset, our fleshly, just earthly, in, you know, not, not infinite, but finite mindset, man, I don't know about you, I couldn't handle it, the burden of knowing everything. But Jesus being fully God and fully man at that point, could you imagine the heartbreak in Jesus when he looks at Peter's like, man, Jesus, I, you know, hearing that, man, yeah, man, the, bring the devil on, man. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to jail. I'm ready to die with you. And what's the next thing that, Jesus tells Peter, Peter, my boy who wants to build houses for me on the top of the mountains, and, and uh, you don't even know it. In a few hours, you're going to be slicing people's ears off for me. But I'm telling you, man, before the rooster crows, three, you know, before the rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. Could you imagine the burden of knowing that? Jesus has walked with Peter for three years, poured into these guys, one of the closest. I mean, that'd be like one of our close, you know, like, that, that, you know, 
this is my wife, but she's also my best friend. And, you know, us standing here, if I had that burden, you know, like, you know, I love you so much, you know, just in a moment of just, you know, uh, declaring our love for each other. And, you know, her saying, you know, I'm I'm always going to be there for you. And if I knew, like, no, no. If I just, if I, if I knew that, imagine that. But Jesus walked around with that knowledge, carrying that. Peter, I know you love me, man. I love you so much. But, bro, 1 Corinthians, let he who stands, thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. Peter, I'm telling you, bro, don't, don't stand too much in pride. Don't, don't live, you know, don't, don't try and stay too much on this. You're, I, I promise you, you're, you're going to rise, but you've got to keep moving. 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 Psalm 23 says in the valley, right? In the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So what do we see from that? We talked about provision not being on the mountaintop, but in the valley below. Look, the Lord is with us in the valley. The table is prepared for us in the valley. If we're to have the necessary strength and provision for the next climb going on in the process, As a church here, even like Pastor Quentin talked about last week, let's take it to the next step. Yes, we have these mountaintop moments in our lives, but as the body of Christ, as the the church family here that God is establishing, there's things that God wants to continue to do in Anchor Church. We have to come together. We have to be unified, as we were talking about last week. We can't let these, we can't let the, the, you know, the the one-third oxygen on top of the mountain cause us to make decisions that would maybe cause us to be divided or cause, you know, the enemy to come in when he wants to try and sift us as wheat to come in and bring that destruction. God wants us strong in him. He wants us trusting in him on the mountain and in the valley. We must be dedicated to continue moving forward. The final thoughts here, the victory is achieved when you summit, right? It's a victory. It's a win. It's a W. But the lesson is learned when you make it back down and are prepared to help others do the same. 1 John 2.17 says, the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. We know naturally we're not made to last forever. The resources standing around us, you know, resources on top of the mountain, they're, they're finite. We've said that. They don't last forever. Trusting in God, walking in God, we can't live on yesterday's victories. You know, college football has started. Um, you know, the Tide had a good victory yesterday. So did the Tigers. Praise the Lord. And, uh, for those of you who may or may not know this name, legendary coach, name's Bobby Bowden. I don't know if he's as legendary as Bear Bryant, but, you know, neither one of them are as legendary as Coach O. Anyway, yeah. But for those of you who, uh, who may know Bobby Bowden, uh, you know, long since retired and, uh, you know, he's gone on, but in the, in the 90s, uh, he was coaching for the Florida State Seminoles, and before that he had already had a very successful career. But everybody said, Coach Bobby Bowden can't win the big one. And he's a great coach. He's had incredible success in the different colleges that he's coached football at. But he can't win the big one. And finally, in a in tremendous upset, he pulls out. He pulls out the victory, wins the big one, and they bring home the trophy. Right. And you know, in those next days after they do it, he's he's uh, he's in the room with his coaching staff, and I mean, there's the trophy that everybody said Bobby Bowden and his team couldn't win. And he goes around the room asking, "Hey, do you feel any different? You feel any different now? Now that we've won the big one?" You know, did you wake up this morning and, you know, the, the, the strawberries tasted sweeter? Did you wake up with, you know, $10,000 more in your bank account? No, you didn't, huh? Because we didn't win the big one. That's not the big one. The big one is when you give your life to Christ. Because Bobby Bowden was a man of God. 
Does he have deficits? For those of you who know his history, obviously we all have faults, but that is God working on us. That's the process. That's summiting and going through the valleys. And this was a man who was telling him, it's not in these temporal victories, these things that we camp out on, that we live our lives on. We can't live on past victories, yesterday's victories. Yesterday, we keep moving. The big one is when we trust in God and with God's strength, we will make it. Let us keep moving in the wisdom and guidance of God. And there we will see the victories on the summit and we will live to use them in the valley. Amen? Are you grateful for God's word? All right, let's, let's close in prayer. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so incredibly, incredibly thankful for your word. And Lord, it's your word that is full of promises. And Lord, as we, we sing the song many times, Lord, and we declare your word, this is all your promises are yes and amen. And one of those promises is you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you're doing a new thing. And we thank you that you walk with us through the mountaintops and through the valleys. But God, I pray for each and every one of us in this room that we would remember, Lord, you promised us, Lord, that you would be with us. But Lord, we also know that there's times, God, where we go through the struggle. But Lord, we also know there's times of victories, but I'm so grateful, God, that, that, that you let us know. I give you those victories to keep you going. But Lord, we know we can't live there. God, we can't keep out, God. I pray that in our hearts we would know, God, you're with us each and every day. And God, that you would continue to give strength to our legs, strength to our spiritual legs, God, to keep pressing on, to look about what we've learned, God, when we come through that time of trial or circumstance and we, we stand in victory with you and we go, thank you, Jesus. Lord, continue to give me the strength, God. If I head down into the valley, you're with me. If I stand on the mountaintop, you're with me. Mountain high, valley low. Thank you, God, that you will never let me go. So Jesus, today we make the decision, God, let us make the decision in our hearts, God, to continue pressing forward. God, yes, to stand on the summit, but also, God, to walk with you and to trust in you. Even as we sang, God, I will build my life upon your love. It's a firm foundation, and I'll put my trust in you even when I'm going through the valley. Even whenever, Lord, I can't live on the mountaintop, I will trust in you. I will trust in the process, and I will walk on, God. We thank you, Jesus. Again, we praise you for your word and thank you that it is power and it is active in our lives. We thank you for these things and we ask all these things in your precious, precious name. Jesus, we pray. Everyone said amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.